scintillate. I can't do chopsticks. Never mind. I was trying, but uh <laughs> No, you were on something there. Go for it. Uh, I don't know, but why do the good die young? Why do the things that are too beautiful for this world have to fade like Gossamer and do? Hello everybody. Yes in the Common Ride me episode one seventy. And we're the book club with the end of Changer on. I'm Kip. Be a step a step. Hey, Kip. And David. Hi. We are here after uh, some long, confusing weeks with episodes 35 through 39, ending off this series. And just to start off, Changer On, what did you guys think we were getting into? And we'll talk a little, <laughs> little bit later about what we got to. <laughs> oh, my God. That is that is the question, isn't it? It really is. Like You warned us this would be uh, an offbeat one, but even for the toko universe this is this is in a league of its own yeah no i knew and i didn't know if that makes sense yeah man th- this show has been um a consistently good like you know just yeah let's watch it it's fun right like it's it's always <laughs> been a a good show to come back to every single week like it didn't feel like there was a plot line that dragged and maybe that's just cuz the way that they wrote the show but like I going into this thinking like, okay, this is like this looks like just generic like knockoff Toku, whatever, <laughs> right? Like it's it's the Kmart of Toku. Now at the end, oh. like I would put this very highly on the stuff that I've watched. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. Like um for the book club, it's probably super high too. Like what like the first two-thirds of hibiki and garo and some other stuff too just this is just such a um it's so wild to see like what a strange known but unknown masterpiece it is and how influential it was for like people who like don't even know like the next to now is like marked by this show <laughs> it makes sense though because this was the first show, at least that I've seen, that really took all the ideas that we've seen in other shows and turned them on their head and kind of just not be afraid to make fun of every part of, you know, all the expectations that we're used to having for shows like this. And it was just, it was always fun. Like, there was never a time I was like, oh God, I have to watch this show. Like, I always look forward to it. It was, it, it was a lot more fun than I could ever like really express with words. It just was consistently entertaining. Mm-hmm. And um, I wanted to talk a little bit about um how this show like has rippled in that. Hey, of like um, there's like a lot of like in the following years, like a lot of like references in other media to it. But even just this year, and like in the past, like in the past like six months, like there's been stuff for it. Partially because there's the new show Don Brothers that is just ending now, right? 
Yes, I think so. Here is um from the Don Brothers movie. Just fucking change her on, make an appearance. That'd be fucking weird. Uh, check our uh, chat. Oh shit! <laughs> hang on, hang. Okay, hang on. We're gonna talk about this in relation to the ending of this show. Yes, that would be wild. So, um, there is a tweet by uh, Joel um, at Toku underscore Gamel. Um, the Dombros movie has a film director screaming about realism and he's named Karaya. That's two chain references in one right there. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, well, that's. Yeah, we'll get to mm, that. Okay. <laughs> huh. Let's go in a reverse chronological order in that on January um, 29th, online and january um 21st in theaters um they uh released a Kamen Rider others episode one called mirror world treasure and oja's return which is the um new starring movie that stars the actor that played akira and i've heard has some change rod reference in it too that's so great that's awesome that is yeah <laughs> he probably can't get away from them though and um on the the twenty second, so one day after, actually, was when episode forty five of uh, Don Brothers came out, um, featuring a uh, surprising villain. Huh. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. There is a um, villain. His name is um, Sonoroku, which is uh, the villain of episode forty five of uh, Don Brothers. That is a uh, <laughs> a tribute to Chageron. <laughs> Um, so they made him a villain that's interesting this will happen a lot where it's like oh like this monster looks like this character a little bit or like it's like inspired a little bit you know Mm -hmm. not the biggest thing but still just a like small thing to say okay there's still some stuff going on huh that's man that's a very weird thing like especially in relation to one of the episodes in this set of five it's it's also very strange Mm -hmm. and like also like it looks like him a fair bit, like the like red headpiece. Yeah, the, the headpiece, the thing in the the thing in the middle. It's yeah, it's pretty similar. It will be a while yet if we do do this, but I have um heard about some other shows that are like these like other video game company crossovers like Chageron that okay. I don't know if they can compete, but um, <laughs> I mean, what can? <laughs> no of course not yeah i feel like the show kind of set a bar for us there uh but there is um a show called guy fred which is a much more of a tr- traditional like show but it's like the same year i think it's changed on it's like 1996 uh mm. which is um a like capcom and toho series that like has like a lot of like guyver and like fist of the north star stuff going on uh okay yeah so the title is uh so yeah fred <laughs> not fred <laughs> fard i know fard it's french obviously they farted i need to i need to read it what does it say uh it's so pixelated to shit i can't read the furigata well it's not in a great font anyway that's a mess okay so he's like it's the name is like Seven star something god. I don't know this kanji. To Toshin. Toshin giant? Maybe? Here's just the Toei Toshin. So this was something that they made a video game out of? I think this so 
Chandron did get a video game. It's weird. Uh, l- let me find I it. I saw that because I thought to myself, I wonder if I've got a pirate friend that sails the uh, internet seas that could find that for me. Oh, okay. It means, okay. I've I've never seen this kanji in my life. Break it down for us. It means like, it's like, an, uh, God, how do I explain it? It is a old joyo kanji that comes from China that literally means to fight. Okay. So the name is Seven Star Fighting God Gaifred. Okay, that makes sense. That's interesting. So did they mix up kanji from a couple of different languages for that? No, no, it's just, it's it's like, a, it's an archaic oh, kanji. Gotcha. So okay. it would be like, because here's a Japanese lesson. Um, Thank you. <laughs> Japanese language, like the written part of language originated from China and only switched to the language that we know today, um, probably like 400, 500 years ago. So like stuff like hiragana and katakana and like any any type of kana that isn't kanji, Chinese kanji was a, a like a later edition. So before that, they just wrote everything in Chinese. Mm. So this is probably where that kanji comes from because like I'm looking here and it says it's a it's an N1 level um kanji, but it's one of the 751 of the 2500 most used kanji in newspapers. Okay. It's used somewhere, but I think more people would use tatakao, which means like to fight, and there's a kanji for that uh, anyway. Gotcha. So it's just one that's probably like less commonly used. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. And thank you for the lesson, by the way. I I always dig getting to hear different parts of cultures that I know nothing about. So, um, here is just a preview of uh the only changer on video game. But they made a changer on video game. Yeah, I saw that. A Sega game. I love it. I'm then going to put up the console it was for so you guys could see. Oh, fuck, man. Of course it was for Sega. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, why? Can you describe this console? No. It's, uh... it's a, It only came up for the Sega Pico. <laughs> and if you don't know what the Sega Pico is, I'm not surprised. Yeah, I am. Um... Oh, gosh. So, uh, picture it like almost like a switch like a nintendo switch now um bulkier (laughs) more colorful and literally only lives to serve one purpose and that's to play pico yeah see how sad that sounds that's why nobody's ever fucking heard of it it's like yeah i can't imagine that this was successful it looks so cheap (laughs) remember those disney books where they would have like a tambourine on the side you could yeah yes 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 yes, yes, it looks like that yeah yeah and um the third show which was um Grand Sizer, which was a uh, Konami show. Oh, Boo. interesting. It went on to have like two or three sequels, so it's the most successful of these like video game crossover shows. What is, okay, hang on. The, both of these shows have fucking uh, like star in the name mm-hmm. because Guyford is Shichise, uh, which is seven stars. This one is called Chose, which is uh, like super like really star or like superstar and they both have god in the title too <laughs> so chose shin is is like superstar god uh fucking what gran seiza they like making video game crossovers about star gods i don't understand what's so hard to get there yeah i mean that must that must have just been a fucking 90s thing 
It, it had to have been. Yeah, because you even notice the color schemes are similar. Hang on. Chosation Grand Caesar got 51 fucking episodes and Changeron Change got canceled? Fuck this earth. The weird thing about, like, Grand Caesar is, like, it was still kind of popular when I was, like, getting into Toku. And, like, it just has, like, 16 Rangers. It's, like, there's four teams of oh. four. Jeez, okay. <laughs> so that's why it's gone on that long, because they can't keep a story connected. I mean... Who knows? But it's just like that kind of thing where it's like, oh, what's this? <laughs> Here's a bunch of dudes. It's like, oh, like the water tribe versus the land tribe versus the sky oh. tribe. So uh, it sounds like a uh, almost like a D&D campaign that's like run past its prime. <laughs> one other thing is I wanted to uh, connect uh, with the um, wrestling references going on um, to bring up just kind of um, two moves that like come out multiple times are uh, the Lariat. And the uh, giant swing. First off, here's the uh, cooler looking one of these. But here's what um, in the 90s, like when Joshi wrestling, like female Japanese like wrestling was very big. It's still big now. It is. Yeah. But like, like it was just like a well, different it, thing. It, in the the 90s. 90s was when like wrestling was every. So here is a. Um, Holy shit. Yeah. That momentum. <laughs> Lioness Hasuka uh, with her best giant swing. Yeah, I'm in love. If I wasn't a lesbian before, this would have secured it right then and there. Oh, no, uh, that is some Japanese people wrestling just to hurt each other. Damn, through. she's she's like actually. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Wow. I'm a I'm a new fan. I'm going to have to learn where up? I can. No, <laughs> I'm going to have to find where I can stream this. Yeah, uh, no, uh, that is the cool shit. Uh, but, I've, um, I've watched it like five times now. I need to click out of this. Um, A big <laughs> one of the coolest, like the coolest people to like find out about like a like wrestling fan is uh stan hansen he was a like just old texas dude who couldn't see so he just hit people really hard nice and like including one time he knocked somebody's eye out like at the start of their match and they had to go on for sort of like 40 minutes uh but just like a tall <laughs> pasty just dude who came out and just beat the shadow crowds <laughs> Damn, he's destroying people. He is. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, but can confirm, am from Texas, have seen plenty of guys that look exactly like him drunk in a bar on a Friday night doing the same thing. He's also the kind of guy that I think, like, became, like, really famous on, like, talk shows in the 80s and 90s. I get it. He looks like he's got some charisma to him. He was, like, a huge star. He's like, okay, the best way to do this is I can't see more than two feet in front of me. I'm just going to go full force <laughs> yeah he goes like full-on raging bull as soon as the uh bell goes off you can tell <laughs> yeah no and like it's like just the caliber of people he's knocking at like andre the giant and stuff just he's like, a oh yeah he's a hell of a performer i'm really surprised i haven't heard of him before because i listened to a couple of shows that cover wrestling so he was very big in japan and like like the 90s was just kind of like last hurrah by 95 is like mostly retired i think but yeah no so that is just uh some what else is going on in the world of video games and uh tokusatsu and why this wrestling shit was so popular for uh a dude like kira <laughs> it makes sense <laughs> there is one last order of business though before we start uh the end changer on and my bad guys uh some of the art that i had planned got way laid but here in the last possible moment we do have the common ride with me art for changer on 
<laughs> Wholeheartedly, 100% approve. That's wonderful. So that will be the uh, art for the podcast. And then um, just when there's n- not episodes that have their own art, but that is just a nice banana parfait. I love it. Use the mackerel to stir. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> With that, though, let's talk about Changer On. Let's. Episodes 35 to 39 to the end. Sadly, this uh, this series legitimately could have gone on for a lot longer and I'd be perfectly content. I died too young. But um, David, though, for 35. Yes. Okay. Oh, boy. What's um, the title? Uh, oh, I didn't write down the title, weirdly enough. I wrote it down for every other one. It is, uh, no, like something like Helping Lady and Cursing Lady or something. Yeah. Helping Woman, Cursing Woman. Something like that. Yep. Okay. Um, we start the episode with uh, our old friend. I believe her name is Sayoko. And Zapphire, too. Yes, yeah, Zaf- who is Zapphire, right? And yeah. she is uh, nailing a Japanese voodoo dollar. I'm not sure what those are called to a tree. And she's just basically cursing Akira. She's like, I'm going to get him. I'm going to get revenge. <laughs> Definitely not a character I expected to, you know, go the Same. weird voodoo route. But yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, we get that scene. She's just nailing the weird straw voodoo doll to the, the tree. And then it cuts to Akira is on a a boat cruise in Tokyo that I believe I've been on, maybe. Um, Has and a nun broken up with you there? No, no. Strangely enough, a nun did not break up with me on, <laughs> on the boat cruise. But uh, Akira gets broken up with by, we don't know she's a nun yet. We find that out later. Mm-hmm. But she's like, you know, it's not you, it's me. But actually, it's probably you. And Akira, Akira gets like really down in the dumps and he goes home to play. Um, Put the nose on the old lady. I don't. It's like a weird version of like Japanese pin the tail on the donkey, except it's put the nose on the old lady. Yeah, and, like that. That is what it is, right? That's what it seemed like. He loves to play children's games. Yes. I yes, I don't know how I didn't write that down. I say, I I Oh yeah, I say Akira playing kids games again in a weird Japanese pin the nose on the old lady game. The weird part was he had to have been the one that like put the blindfold on himself. So that mm-hmm. makes the implications even stranger. Like Well, the weird thing is that he owns the fucking game. Well, yeah, but I mean also he bound himself up. Well, you know, you got to play fair. Come on, Akira. It's not that it's not that serious. But uh, so Rui and, and Hayami show up to the the detective agency and they're just kind of like giving him a hard time. He's like, well, you why are you so bummed? Why are you so whatever? And then the phone rings and Rui picks up the phone and it's the lady that dumped him. That dumped Akira. And she's like, <laughs> well, I said some really mean things to Akira. I hope he's OK. And immediately Rui's like, ha ha, you got dumped. Loser. <laughs> And I thought the emotion that she put into her last scene was incredible for like Rui. Just great. Yep. Probably could tell that's her yeah. big climax. And of course, Hayami is fucking psyched that Akira got dumped. He's like, dude, you suck. I knew it. I knew you sucked. <laughs> Which just makes all the rest of the episode even funnier. Because his reactions just get bigger and bigger and bigger. Right. He's like, I knew you weren't popular. You just, <laughs> yeah. just lie all the time. And like she says, like, yeah, in the end, you only have me. 
<laughs> even funnier. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, and I can't get over when she says things like that because I know the age she's supposed to be, but she still looks so young to me. Mm. So every time something like that comes out of her mouth, I'm like, please stop. Please. Uh so then <laughs> I Akira <laughs> drops one of the the funny he's like he's like trying to defend himself, right? He's like, No, I got tons of girlfriends. And he says the line, he says a line, more women have fallen in love with me than there are nuclear bombs in the world. <laughs> and you know Yeah, I lost it at that. I I, I did honestly. Uh Oh, what's his line about the elevator being full? Or you're like, glad there's one left in the elevator? <laughs> yeah, something like that. He's like, it's like, it's when you walk into a full elevator and only one person steps out or something like that. He's like, oh, you're glad. It's incredible. Hayami's face during that whole explanation, too, was just, man, that guy's got some acting chops because he always makes his face just contorted into the most ridiculous expressions possible. And it's such a joy. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's He's fucking great. But, uh, okay, so somehow, somehow, Akira still manages to get cases for his fucking detective agency. I don't know how this keeps happening. But two dudes walk in the door and they're like, hey, uh, we have a case for you. So Akira's like, sweet, I'm poor. A case. No, like a literal (laughs) case for him, yeah. like He's like, sweet, I'm poor, let's do it. So the guy explains to him, he's like, oh, we work for like a drug company. And we've invented a drug that makes you super fucking strong. And they're like, okay, but like, come on. Like, what do you mean? And the guy's like, watch, I'll take some drugs right now. (laughs) (laughs) Which is the weirdest reaction to a challenge ever. (laughs) You don't believe me? He's a scientist. He'd be like, well, here's the data. Like, literally anything aside from, well, let me just show you, bud. You don't think I'll snort the cocaine? I'll snort the cocaine. <laughs> it's the best fucking he cocaine on to. the market. He's like waiting for the chance. Yeah, exactly. So he, he takes this this fucking um this fucking drug and his like bicep like they use like a squash uh squashed stretch and his bicep just becomes like fucking huge. He's like, yeah, look, it's awesome. And they're like, here, we need you to protect this case of like what is it like? I don't know, some obscene 2, amount of doses. doses. Yeah, 2,000 yeah, doses. Like or something. That, yeah. It's like, this guy takes one dose and he becomes Superman. So they're like, here's 2,000 of them. They're like, um, don't you think you should probably hire, like, I don't know, a security company or something, right? A professional with insurance? Right. Why are you going to go to the smallest detective in the entire city who has no recommendations because he's never solved a case? So, quick tangent. They say this a lot in these last episodes. He's never solved a case. I'm like, oh, all the time where he kills a monster, that's not counted as a case solve because half the time it is a monster that's the case, huh? Yeah, exactly. That's kind of the whole mental gymnastics I went through, too, because I was like, no, wait. Like, he has a case every episode. Then I was like, oh, almost every episode, it's a dark side. So, literally, no one would know that he is solving these cases because, you know, it's not exactly something he can get recognition for. The only case he solved involves four translators. <laughs> That's true. That's true. I loved that episode too, though. The worst game of telephone ever. Um, so uh Hayami just goes, Yeah, sure, we'll take the case. And he like Hayami's not even part of the fucking detective agency. He's part of Psydoc. He's like, he yes. like it though. He's like, Yes, we'll take the case. <laughs> I'm the manager here now. And then <laughs> he fucking he fucking slams Akira's hand in the in the in the door of like uh 
Oh, what the hell does he slam his hand? That in? briefcase, because Hayomi or, or uh, Akira was the one that pointed out how much. There yeah, was. yeah, yeah. He's got his hands on the briefcase and he's like smashes his hand in it. So they're protecting this case, but they don't really know who they're protecting it from. <laughs> like originally, they're just like, "Oh, just protect it." They're like, "Okay." So eventually, fucking. Uh, I was going to call her Dazzler. What's her name? Her name is Dazzler. <laughs> Sapphire. <laughs> Sapphire. Sapphire shows up and she's like, give me the drugs. But how did she show up, though, David? <laughs> oh, God, I don't remember. She, well, she just, like, appears. She jumps up from a manhole and throws the manhole cover. Right. Okay. Okay. So, so I said she fucking nails a cure with a manhole cover and he's just <laughs> totally okay. Those things are, like, hundreds of pounds. And she just whips it like a Frisbee at him. I, yeah, I like visibly like bent over in pain when that scene happened because I could just imagine that much just pure metal flying at you. And he's just like, oh, I think the funnier thing that happens is what happens after when he goes pss, 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 like oh, like yeah. shooing a cat. Like he's like, go away, lady. <laughs> <laughs> the funny thing about that manhole is that um, in 2018, the Colorado Kiva tribute arc and that like anniversary series the like villain of that arc is this like hot milf who throws manholes and it's like a like change rod reference hell yeah all right <laughs> yeah but oh yeah what happens next though is incredible <laughs> he gets he gets a fucking manhole cover whipped at them and they're like okay we can't fight her because we need to protect this thing so they run away with the drugs that they still have and of course he just got nailed with a manhole cover so his arm is like i don't know shattered or broken and he's like oh my arm hurts and then he's like he's like don't worry i'll get you to a hospital and he's like what are you talking about just hang on i'll just i'll call a person and he's like what he calls a he calls like one of his girlfriends and she just is like an on-call nurse like it's a fucking gta <laughs> game and she just shows up and is like okay i'm gonna fix your arm blah 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 and he's like like I think I don't remember who says yeah, it if it's Akira or Hayami, but they're like, don't you have to work? Like you just showed up. <laughs> it's great because like he calls on the CG pen, not even on a phone. So it's right. just like, <laughs> she, and he just says her name. She's like Michiko, come here, and she just like appears. She like <laughs> it like jump cuts to her just like getting out of a taxi, and she's like, I need to go. My it's planet's calling. Time. Yes, and like by nurse, she's like dressed up like it's the middle of like tuberculosis or like the blitz it's like <laughs> right. just full on yes she's like a full-on nurse costume just yeah full-on florence nightingale regalia just yeah like she's uh back in the civil war or something it's amazing and like hayami thinks he's like gonna call like knights but he's like oh no and then he's like wait you have two girlfriends that's terrible <laughs> right only two as we realize that isn't the case after this but like I love that, like, Akira, every time one of the ladies leaves, she just goes, hey, hey. Like, he, like, he does this stupid <laughs> hey, hey, laugh every fucking time. I think what cracks me up about it, though, is, like, even as the viewer, this entire time you were thinking, oh, he's just one of those guys that pretty much hits on anything that walks. Yes. You don't realize he's been successful right up until this episode. <laughs> and how successful exactly he always brags about how many women are in love with him and how many girlfriends he has but they never show it so you're always just like oh he's just one of those guys and then you get to this episode and you're like well god damn <laughs> he, he wasn't joking the entire time and i love how 
Munkata is interviewing them all. Yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so immediately after it cuts to fucking young Ganza is just interviewing and they're like, he's like, oh, well, what kind of a person do you think Akira is? And they're just like, oh, Akira is so nice. He's the best person ever. And he's just like, ha ha ha. Okay. Yeah. Uh huh. And she's like, why are you asking? And he's like, no reason. Just wanted to know. He asks her how they met. And he's like, oh, like, when he was, like, investigating the hospital, then he's like, oh, killing two birds with one stone, I, I must say. Stone, yeah. <laughs> when he was posing as a doctor, he hit on <laughs> And, man, fucking young Gonza is just incredible. Every scene he has is great. Like, I just love how, like, this is the episode where he was like, man, maybe my son really is not Hayami. Maybe it's, like, truly, like, this just player right here. This <laughs> It's so uh. ridiculous. It is. So yeah. after this, they they they're still running away from, from Zapphire and they get to like a construction like fucking area. Yeah. And they're like, oh no, we got cornered. And then he he just picks up his phone and he's like, uh, oh, what's her name? Like Chisato or something, right? And he's like, Chisato. Miyumi. Miyumi, yeah, okay. And she just fucking busts through the goddamn wall <laughs> behind them. She's like, I'm here to save you. And then she and they're like, thanks, lady. And they just keep running away. She's wearing a hard hat and like a like mesh top or something. It's yeah. like kind of like, like, yeah, oh, bad. Yeah. It's fucking the f- ridiculous. Yeah. The first lady, there was like a time cut. So it was like, oh, like maybe like he called her for real. But the second one, he just calls her name, but she's there. So there's like no space for him to like have you like a phone. He just has her on like special Gale yes. Knight speed dial. Yes. Yeah. So <laughs> she saves them. And. <laughs> I just love that, like, after everyone you meet, it's just fucking Munkata interviewing them. Like, mm, what do you think about Akira? And just like, they're just all like, oh, he's so nice. He's so great. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, I love that Akira is such a scumbag that he's managed to trick all these girls into liking him somehow. Uh, that in, I think what really got me is um, right up until I think the very last one, every single girl says he couldn't do it without me. He's right. literally like shown so much uh, feigned incompetence that every one of these women thinks that he would not be alive if it was not for her. And he kind of in this I episode goes of, out of his yes. way to prove it. <laughs> no, yeah, it's just like I love how like each time like the woman that saves it was like, oh, like like let's hang out. It's like, oh, sorry, I love you though. <laughs> Gotta run. <laughs> yeah. So after this. They roll down a hill into, like, the forest from the city. I don't know how. Again, they teleport a lot in Change Run. I don't know how this happens. But they roll down this hill, and Zaphir's like, I finally got you. I fi- I'm going to get you. Just give me the drugs. Get you. <laughs> and he's like, no, hang on. I got to call a third fucking woman. So he calls <laughs> a third fucking woman. And not only does this woman show up, she's Naomi. like... She's like in fucking like spec ops gear, fucking airdrop on a rope by a helicopter and like kicks Zaphire in the fucking head. Oh, it's so it's so ridiculous. Like the first two, I was like, okay, that's like kind of goofy. But then this is like just it ratchets up another level. Oh, yeah. And then she's like, don't worry, Akira, I'll I'll fight this lady. (laughs) This fucking alien thing. Like she doesn't know anything about fucking dark side she's like don't worry i'll take care of it and they get fucking airlifted out by a goddamn helicopter yeah 
he is the story mode for like a dead or alive game right now. Yes. Yes. It's fucking ridiculous. Uh, so after they're airlifted out by a helicopter, um, I don't know why I wrote this, but it probably happened. They have some kind of a tender scene because I said, man, hi, I mean, you're a mega gay. <laughs> um, before that, though, she gets interviewed yeah. and says, oh, he asked her out while she was trading her gears. So she's like a commander. And then like, right. um, young Gonza laughs like, ha ha ha. What an unexpected appearance. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what's going on? Uh, so they're still running away. They're running away as fast as they can. They run to a church and it shows the inside of the church. And I, I was like, they're having a service for one lady. Like, that's kind of weird. And then they knock on the door. And you would think, like, oh, you know, like, the lady's just going to let them in. But no, no, no. They lock on the door, and immediately Akira's like, Tomoe, open this door. And it's the fucking lady who dumped him at the start of the episode is a fucking nun. Uh, I um have the scene in the woods, though, because, like, um right before this, it's like, Hayami's hungry. And then, like, um what Akira says is, uh, how come you're not very popular when your angry face is so cute? And it's like, okay. <laughs> That's what it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's why I said they're super gay. Yeah. Uh and, so yeah. <laughs> they I said, I said, Hayami's just big mad because he isn't dating Akira and he's soon dairy as fuck. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. He's like, man, I want to date Akira. What the hell? I just love how a like theme of him though is that every time that something happens for like good fortune for like Akira, he's like, oh, God must love me. Because, like, when yep. I see the church, he's like, yep, that's God saying, let's have a chance. Let's go. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. So <laughs> they get they get into the church. Like, she lets them in. And they're like, oh, you know, she, like, makes them all, like, a full meal. And he, yep. just, Akira just takes advantage of this lady, like, 100%. He's just like, mm-hmm. time. he's like, you yeah, shouldn't we feel bad for, like, you know, Take it or food. Also, you're dating a nun. What the hell? You have a nun, right? How many girlfriends do you have? <laughs> How many More hairs than... are on your head? Yeah, as he said. How many hairs are on your head? Oh uh, fuck! He gets called repulsive, and then like he's like, "No, what's wrong with that? Like, I've got so many girlfriends. Who cares?" <laughs> oh man. Okay. <laughs> so after that, Zafar, of course, she's just like. You can't get rid of her. She's like the the fucking STD that doesn't stop, right? Mm-hmm. And she shows up in My the favorite church. 50s movie. Yeah, <laughs> she, she shows up in the church, and fucking Akira, like, she, like who is it? Like Tomoe. I don't know how this scene goes down. Someone grabs someone. Who grabs who? She's serving them coffee yeah. right after he says, "We can't give up. We're in God's house." That he sees her nails. Mm-hmm. Right, 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 right. Yes. And then, then he realizes it's, uh, what's her face? Uh, Zapphire. Zapphire. And then I think the funniest part yes. in, this, in this fucking 100%. episode is he like, he like breaks them apart and just punches her in the face, like punches <laughs> her in the face so hard she falls on the ground. While she's still in nun ha- habit. Yeah, while she's still in nun costume. And then he goes, that was too cool. <laughs> and runs away. <laughs> It's not like that is too cool as his catchphrase or anything. He just no. says it. <laughs> he's, he just winds up and punches her in the face and goes, that was too cool. Oh, I love that moment. Just What? It's so funny. Oh, man. And 
we still don't know why because immediately after this, Tomoe gets interviewed by mm-hmm. fucking Munkata. We still don't know why he's doing this. <laughs> you never do, I don't think. You don't ever find out why. No, yeah. Uh, sister, <laughs> tell so me you he, came to know Akira. Here's, here's my, here's my, my fucking like my logic why he's interviewing them is he wants to learn how Akira is getting all the ladies. He's he, he wants to find out how to lie, right? So he's like he's like interviewing them to find out how to get laid. That's what he's doing. You know that kind of lines up with him. He wants to write a book so he doesn't have to mortgage his house anymore. That yep. also makes sense, yeah. Um, and then after this, there's like a cutaway scene to Akira being whipped by Zapphire while he's bent over a barrel <laughs> in the middle of the Sahara <laughs> Desert. It looks like a Windows 95 like background. It is on a bad green screen, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's I love terrible. It. So eventually we get to the fight that is mandated by any Tokusatsu episode. Um and yes. you know, it's just a very generic fight until until they're mm-hmm. like, we're gonna fight. And then all of a sudden they're like, You can't fight Akira from like across the you know, from out of frame. <laughs> and then like fifty women show up. It's incredible. And the most amazing part is is where you realize maybe Akira's not a scumbag because he remembers every single one of their names. Mm-hmm. And also like I kind of get why like when he went on that date with like Zapphire, like, he was like, Oh yeah, I'm glad you're a nice time. Bye. Yep. So did I Bye. see ya. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. Yeah, because I had wondered at the time why that wasn't a bigger deal to him because you never see him on dates. It's true. Clearly, he was cleaning up behind the scenes. I love this, like, Blink-182 music video background, just, like, selection of, like, people. Just like, oh, here's, like, a soccer lady. And here's, right. like, a t- mm-hmm. Chun-Li or something, you know? Just, yep. They're here. And then they all, 50 of them, immediately just start chucking shit at Zapphire. Just absolutely, yeah. like, whipping rocks and, and stuff. And Hayami's <laughs> like, man, I can't help but be impressed now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> He's just like, wow. Despite his best efforts. I love how, like, they all come here and, like, Akira's not scared. He's like, oh, like, I love you all. Thank you. And yeah. just, they're fine with it. It's fucking wild. Um, and eventually, um, they, they all get, like, doused with the, with the muscle drug because it gets, like, um, Hayami uses it to defend himself, and then it, the thing explodes and shoots it everywhere. So they all get super ripped and beat the shit out of Sapphire. But somehow she managed to escape because she can teleport. Because I of guess Darkseid can do that. Just like it says NWO beat out. Just one person. They get a share. They just got it. Right. right. <laughs> and then Sapphire goes, screw this shit. And she just opens a portal. And the the same five people on that same particular street die again as they get their alarms sucked out that week. They just reuse that shot. They're like, ah, you same five. It's the same five people going to work in the morning. They're just like, oh, no, not again. It's Tuesday. (laughs) I'm going to quit going to work this route. This is fucked. That was the first real, like, cool, malicious compliance. They're like, oh, make sure you're, like, raising stakes to having Endgame. And there's, okay. We're showing off the toys here. Yeah, five episodes in a row, same thirty-second loop. And then uh, at the end of the episode, you know they he they ride the thing, blow up the thing, and then uh, Akemi shows up, and Munkata's like interviewing her, and he says something like, "Oh, if Akira like 
you know, didn't have any girlfriends. He'd only have you, right? And she's like, yeah, something like that. <laughs> he also says, did you know that, like, his current sister, she fell into shock as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, because she doesn't show up again. No, she does not. Huh. There you go. I guess that's why Akemi was back. But she's also not really back, besides, like, one or two seeds. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is just, man... This was such a perfect episode of just I love um in like shows where they're like, here's this big liar we have. Also, they're telling the truth. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I do too. That's I, I always get a kick out of that. And um I don't know what happened with the with the actor who played Rui, but I guess just like in the end, I don't know when they knew the show was canceled, but there's a point where I definitely know they knew. And the, there's a point where mm-hmm. I'm not sure, but episode 36 is definitely we know we're canceled (laughs) territory (laughs) episode 36 honestly is probably the worst episode out of all of them in my opinion really yeah but it is also the weirdest most meta episode in the entire series it's so weird um my first note is the dog is back because in the opening he's with a dog again by himself But there's still like the end shot of Rui, so it's a little yeah, weird. Yeah, I don't know. She yeah, she yeah. appears in the in the theme song, mm-hmm. and so um, I was super perplexed watching this episode. It was like a new enemy. Is there like a third factor about that? That's what I thought was going to happen. Yeah, yeah. And there's a character later. I'm like, oh, is that like the leader of the third faction? And no, he wasn't. He was just the dude. But <laughs> um, so this starts like a normal change right episode is. Kira is told active 90 year olds are dying and they're like superhuman says their doctor they shouldn't be dying and then like the music stings the camera gets like grainy and then pans out into a living room where a mom walks up to her son and is like oh how's change has it started and then like he has all these toys which we'll never see it again nope i don't think yep. they ever made any of them right oh no that's not like a full toy set just oh really yeah, like cool. it was like a real series, just people didn't know what the writing was going to be. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, but Change Your gets interrupted because there's a message from space. Sent to America for some reason. What's the GBC? The General Bozo Camp? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, sounds right to me. When I search GBC, I just get Game Boy Color, so that's probably not it. The General Broadcasting Corporation? Maybe, but... They found a space messenger, like they're deciphering it. And um, then there's like this whole thing where like they have up like this, like, oh, and like by the end of this broadcast, we will have found out what this message says. And then there's this um, they brought on guests like one is a scientist and then one is a sci fi author. Right. And the scientist like, what's this? Like, what are we doing? <laughs> like, yeah, put this show back on. Like, aren't we adults? And it's like, um, what show is supposed to be on hey, this? This made me laugh, yeah. The way that everybody was so confused by the name of the show. She says, Super Light Headshade Changer on, and then like the like mailing was like, no, like Super Light Warrior Changer on. Then um that's when the like main scientist says, Okay, there's kids watching this. Um this is dumb. Let's put that show back on. This dude really wants to see Changer on. He's like, just put Changer on on. This is stupid. <laughs> he asks, like, how do we know it's a message? Then like that's what the like sci-fi writers like this is just how the rosetta stone was like found chipoleon and there's a pattern and then it's normal for people to be dismissive of new ideas 
but the chances of life are higher than we know. And this kid looks so bored, and his mom's like, oh, this is fun. What's yeah. going on? And she's just sitting there watching TV with him. I love that, like, this is like a weird meta episode where, like, Changeron is a show inside the show. Right. There's so many weird layers to what is Changeron, like, in these, like, last couple episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then, like, he talks about, like, humans who lived healthily over 90 were called aliens back in the day. And then, like, this, like, correspondent comes, like, right, like, picture picture, like, hey, guys, I've got some old people here. They're really strong. Here's this old man that can eat really good. And then, like, in the <laughs> background is, like, the crew. So they're in this news broadcast that's interrupting Shageron. <laughs> right. <laughs> this guy is 91. He's the fastest eater in all of Japan. He's going to eat all this gudon, which is, like... This like super hearty noodle beef looking thing, like it like looks super filling, but he dies mysteriously. <laughs> and they cut, and uh, the anchor says, "Well, the head of the this uh, conglomerate has died, and his daughter is like taking over." Like, oh, that's Rui. What's a what's she doing here? <laughs> yeah, that was quite the surprise. And they announced that the company has recovered. 650,000 lost umbrellas and I started the lost umbrella prevention committee which if this was like a if this podcast wasn't named that would be the name right now just I kind of like that yeah our like Chadron actual play should we call that <laughs> I'm here for it yeah like I mean this whole episode is a meta commentary on Chadron being a show that like kids actually like and it's being replaced by some garbage that nobody cares about <laughs> could we see what replaced changer on i probably maybe we'll look into that like as like uh we're going but um i also love how like the anchors make like dumb small talk like that's a lot of umbrellas i've lost three myself ha 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 ha, ha. just like <laughs> and then the correspondent comes back and he says don't worry it'll be fine this time here's this 94 year old karate master going to show his strength breaking roof tiles <laughs> And that's where we see um, like this like trash worker that's like trashman is like, oh, like watching. Then like the old man drops dead before doing anything. And then the prowler's caught, though, as the trio runs off and the like sci-fi author stops and asks, can we replay the video? And they see it. And it's one of the dark cadre. It's Vins. <laughs> and he's like, that must have been a war declaration. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's kind of fun how off the rails the sci-fi author goes just so quickly he's automatically just at <laughs> war with the world just right yeah. as soon as he sees any sign and the astrophysicist is like stop this nonsense put back on super light devil changer eyes then the anchor's like no it's super light hedge changer on and then her co-host says isn't it super light squadron changer man and then the author's like no it's Super Light Warrior Changeron. Do you know that? It's a masterpiece. I watch it every week. And then the <laughs> authors scream because they cut to commercial and Changeron, like, commercial cut shows up for the commercial cut. Would somebody else um, like to talk about what they come back for commercial with, though? <laughs> oh, God. Okay. So, it's... Hang on. I gotta find in my notes here. Um... When they come back, it's like, are you talking about when they come back, they're having like that, like long lost love, like TV show thing? Yes. 
Yes. So they're like, oh, we're we're having this TV show about like a lady who, you know, fell in love with a dude and the guy gave her his umbrella and then she got on the train and forgot it and then he moved away the next week. <laughs> Apparently because he lost an umbrella like that. That's like the implication they gave. And we see that it is Akira. Akira is the one who had the fucking. Oh, it's so dumb. And he looks so dumb with his hair, too. Yeah. And the author's so bad. Like, wait, wasn't this about like an alien broadcast? Like, why is there like, a dating game going on? He's the only one that has any sense this entire episode. It like transitions from like young Akira to like current Akira, who's like, man, they're really going after healthy old people. Darkseid sure has a lot of plans, as if they're like connected or whatever. <laughs> but then one last time we go to the uh to the on-scene correspondent who's like, I'm back now, and this time no one will die because I have a hundred and twenty-three-year-old, the most powerful man in the world. This guy just doesn't learn. And what what does this guy look like, everyone? <laughs> um like god okay he's like this old he's like apparently 123 years old but he just looks like someone wanted to like make the borg from star trek but shitty yeah like he used parts of old cars from his garage or something to do it he looks like a slightly shittier like 90s toku old man scientist villain just like ah like he's got like cyborg parts on and he's just like oh he has incredible strength he could punch through this drum it was a strike and like the anchors are like, isn't that not fair that he's saying the strongest in the world? He's a cyborg. Yeah, pretty much. And then it like shows him in action and he's like going ridiculously slow, like an old timey robot to be able to do anything. And like he gets got from his shadow and then he falls in the barrel upside down. And was like, ah, <laughs> and like Vince, who's supposed to be like one of the leaders of this whole like race, basically just his whole like thing is like i've got like a clear trash bag and when it's full i have larb in it yeah it's the most bizarre thing in the world to watch him running around just so happy carrying his empty trash bag all over the place yeah and he's caught by akira though who chases him but like bumps into the camera and then like the girl that like is on the dating show sees him so like the camera starts to follow him and then he fights vins and there's a whole thing where he like it's weird but then Hayami opens the bag of larvae and the old people start to break stuff again. And then he hides at the back. <laughs> and jumps out, confused. Oh, this is so... Okay, hang on. Uh, just to go back to... Uh, remember when I said, like, oh, what were we... What was uh, replacing um, Changeron? Mm -hmm. um, so, Changeron ran for one year, right? Mm-hmm. It ran in the time slot on Wednesday, <laughs> Wednesdays at nine, and before Change Run was a show called Wedding Peach, so that was the year before. Okay. Um, Wedding Peach is like, how do I say? It's 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 like a, it's like a rip off Sailor Moon essentially. It's like pre cure. I'm looking, yeah. Now, the funny thing is, is that Change Run came on the next year. And then the year after Changeron was the show called Akachan Toboku. Okay. <laughs> As my girlfriend's like, I know what that is. Um, it's it's basically like it's an anime about living with a 
fifth grader after their mother dies in a tragic car accident. So that's fun. That's interesting. Yeah. Oh, this is. <laughs> I'm seeing this now. It's like roughly traced to the. It's like baby and me or baby and me. Yep. Yep. Oh. Man, what a that that's you know, that's weird. Um, but apparently it didn't run f- for that long because it switched to Thursday, and then immediately after that it was it was replaced by uh Shoujo Kakume Utena, which is super oh. famous. Whoa, Utena? Yes, it was replaced by Utena in '97. Man, if you you were eaten if you were like Chajiro's on <laughs> oh, and like, yeah. Utena's on. <laughs> Like that's a crossover and a half. People are like, "Oh man, Utena Chaser." That somebody had a good year. Somebody was. You know what's fucking wild? The year before that, the show in the slot that was before Chaser on was Neon Genesis Evangelion. No, yeah, they like they gave some dude an ulcer because they were like, "Oh no, we like ordered these shows that they all like came back and they're all not they're all not what we thought." (laughs) And. I think that um, they should have done Rebuild of Changer on instead, though. That would have been better. Oh, that would have been great. And then uh, two years after that was fucking Lotus War. Okay. On the same time slot. So, man, that was a good couple of years of of anime shit. (laughs) Man. Because, like, I know, like, people love that series, too. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, well... Sorry sorry to derail the the discussion there, but it, it is pertinent to this episode because you could tell that they were kind of pissed off oh yeah definitely they are pissed off as they go and they go and they go and just this is not even the start though because um first vins eats the shiny attack and then just dies 10 seconds later yep i was like oh i was like oh man okay these gonna be like the the generals are gonna be super tough and like not die to that like a you know a wuss they're not gonna job out to shining attack no he just blows up yeah and the camera crew hears the explosion and then finds Chater. I was like, it's an alien. <laughs> and like, like they keep saying like, oh, like that was his first attack. And I think actually like when Rui first showed up, she also thought it was an alien. So, you know, right. just, yeah, that's true. It's alien. I have to say, I did like the, the, there's a new theme that we haven't heard until this episode, which is like a weird lo-fi version of the changer on theme, mm-hmm. which I, I can appreciate. And, we get our first rock throw, which is like, oh, people like to throw stuff in the series. And they like do. um the whole time, like Akira is saying, like, I'm a superhero. I'm everyone's friend. I'm an idol to children. <laughs> but he uh gets away in time to like get picked up again by the dating crew and kidnapped to the studio to meet this lady who yes. has no clue what's going on. Yeah. Um and then she cries as she, like, meets him, and he's like, oh, it's you. And then, like, he's pretty smooth here. He's like, hands are like, angry. like, I'm on TV, I guess. And then they, like, then they see that the, like, message has been deciphered, and the alien said, um, we look forward to watching Change Rod every week. week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Waggity schmaggity doo. <laughs> and the anchor says, well, that's a surprise. To think that in the reaches of space, there are fans of Super Light Squadron Change Rod. And then, like, the sci-fi offer gets zoomed in on like he's a meme someone made with this big, grainy, like, what'd you just say face? Yep. <laughs> it's Super Light Warrior Change Rod. Bring me who's responsible. Give me a bike. Give me a fucking bike. 
And then um, a random like police officer runs in with the like umbrella they found. And then he's mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, that was my umbrella like six years ago. And then like he takes it back and like he like holds it open to like say something like, oh, it's the first time that they like shared it since then please don't cry then like he tilts it forward to cover them which is a pretty smooth look is it like completely fades off screen and then like the whole crew is like oh that's a like, great episode good job everybody good news <laughs> it's such a weird ending too and the author's still yelling and then they just like show the studio with the umbrella which is just a really good like that might be like my new screensaver that's a good shot um and then just a spotlight to the Umbrella, as it says, to be continued. And this felt like a COVID episode in the best way. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Mm-hmm. I really liked this episode, though. Like, this was like, for me, a highlight of this show. I just loved how much they were just, let's fuck with some six year olds right now. <laughs> yeah, it was a lot of fun. It completely unexpected, but definitely a lot of fun. Oh, uh, but however, <laughs> things have to get serious here, though. <laughs> things have to get plot and you know changer on loves to get serious once in a while and this is where we um we find episode 37 uh can you give me that pronunciation of that uh mushroom uh david Bakitike. before the storm i think that's how you say it it's a fake mushroom or is it real it's i'm pretty sure it's fake oh but i could be wrong hayami and airy show up and akira has a messed up office and it's destroyed. It's like rubble. And they find him and he's like got crazy hair. And, he, and they're all like, what happened? And he's like, well, when Rui moved out, I've had no assistance and no cases. And then that's when we start. Have you ever completed the case? And also, that's what Aerie says. Why can't one of your girlfriends help? He says, if I asked one, the rest would get overrun with jealousy. <laughs> <laughs> that's what happens when all of them love you. <laughs> and there's also like this moment where he explains that like there's lines on his cup of noodle because he's so broke that he's having one cup noodle per, per day uh god this dude and that's when Hobby points out that the like mushroom are growing and he's like why what's the matter you can have it if you want and then he's like no that's a bad omen then like um i think akira says oh like more women falling in love with me i couldn't handle that <laughs> Yeah, he's in top form these uh, last few episodes, that's for sure. I understand him getting girlfriends. I don't understand him keeping girlfriends. It's true. Just like, oh, I'm too busy. I can't stop dating that private detective. But no. Um, and then um, he starts to laugh. as He's like, hold his head and like screaming. And then that's like when nice friend Aerie is like, okay, I'll take you out to eat. And they go out and he's like, ah, the sky. This is so nice. And then a lottery ticket flies in its face. And then <laughs> he wins a one-week trip around the world, which honestly kind of sucks. <laughs> Jet lag would tear you apart. Yeah, you really wouldn't get to enjoy much of it. And then they walk into a like restaurant. He's a 10,000 customer. Yep. And gets ambushed by a band and some ladies. They're like, oh, you can eat here one year free of charge. He's like, yeah. And like, Hayami says, yeah, but I walked in here for He's like, shut up. Quit being greedy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And like he's like playing slots and winning, and then it's like, okay, what's going on? It's like, oh, the only thing that's ominous is his good luck. And then Kyrie says, yeah, he's probably gonna die soon, right? Yeah, he's he's probably gonna with with his luck, he'll probably just die soon. He's used all his luck up. Yeah, but um, then we see that 
um, Mr. Gowser Groya is in a meeting with the prime minister. And it's mm-hmm. like, what's this bill you gave me? It's like, oh, no, I'm not passing the like, I'm not taking over the prime ministership. I'm abolishing the role of the <laughs> emperor. Um, and then they laugh him out, but do nothing, which seems like maybe if the governor of Tokyo is like, hey, you s- say, OK, we're, we're going to take that role for you real quick, bruv. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine? Yeah, it's it's weird. It's weird. Like, I honestly, I forgot Shogo was still in this fucking show. I forgot that yeah. this was a plot line still. This felt like to some degree they were like, let's at least resolve some of the plot. Right. Mm-hmm. And then we cut to this teacher, and like my thought was like, oh, is like this a plot with a Kemi? She's a teacher now or something? But no, it's just like unrelated. Yeah. But she asked her class, who's the greatest person in the world? And they're all like, my mom, God. <laughs> and um one kid says Andy Hug, and I looked him up, but he's apparently like this like Swiss kickboxer who was really famous. Kickboxer, yeah. The blue-eyed samurai, Tetsujin, just that's a cool. Once people start calling you like the Iron Man or some shit, that's cool. You did good. Um, but um, then she says, no, it's the current governor, Shogo, and Mr. Shogo. He's going to protect your life and fights every day. And then he, a bunch of dudes show up with pictures of him, like old like Mao pictures and like a bunch of like presents. Yeah, it's very, <laughs> I was like, this is some Shogo youth shit. Yeah. And then like, um. We also see like a business do the same thing where the new owner is like, here's a present from the governor to all of you. <laughs> I didn't know what I was expecting, but just all this is like happening as like um, now we see just like a green screen of like changer on had the great wall. Yep. And like Nihau. It's like, hello, it's Statue of Liberty. And then he gets to Italy. <laughs> what is it, Italy, guys? <laughs> Mamma mia. <laughs> like, um, he goes to the pier. He's like, ah, it's so hot. But like while he's there, I mean, like Harry find out that there's no sales tax anymore. Like, oh, that's weird. It's like, oh, yeah. Um, uh, the like person checking them out says, oh, yeah, only since yesterday and only in Tokyo. They're like, That's weird. <laughs> <laughs> Their first clue that something isn't right. And I love that. Hayami says, I'm glad Akira didn't get elected. <laughs> Fair. Sketcher seems nice. Honestly, yeah. And we start seeing like the army being mobilized at, at checkpoints, which is very funny. Uh, but Akira comes back. And he's like, America, England, Italy, France. I've seen the whole world. And just like has like a weird outfit on and like some like flags. And um, they're mad at him because like he's been gone for so long. He's like the hero that like, should be there. And it's like, here's some Hawaiian chocolate. He's like, I don't want it. And then when they try to explain that there's no sales tax, that like the governor's taking over five, like that's when like five bunny girls show up and say have one free year at our club for as a special vip member it's like yeah of perfect. course he's immediately distracted yeah which honestly you know true <laughs> i he's like the joker but like for hitting on women like just like he just doesn't mm-hmm. there's no end they're just like yep uh he'll never be satisfied i don't think but um then they like jizz some champagne and then like on tv like gowser's like and i will take care of you all it's like weird fucking like people should know what's coming at this point mm-hmm. it, it is very like fascist weird like nazi shit yeah yeah and has um actually some pretty like 
freaky scenes if you put it into the context of the whole fact that he's trying to take over the entire world there. Yeah, and just <laughs> I love how like <laughs> it's pretty clear like what's happening now, but then it's just like, oh, um, we see the people that are like all like the like classes like hail Hitlering him and stuff. Yep. It's like mm-hmm. yep. <laughs> There's this wild scene of Akira waking up. And he's like, I'm the governor, and this sexy lady's there with horny jazz. She's like, <laughs> oh, yeah. The government made your luck. It's like, what? Yeah, he finds out that he wasn't actually lucky. It was all set up, but he's such a fucking idiot. He's like, okay. Yeah, sure. Makes sense. <laughs> and immediately gets fooled again. Yeah. And, like, he asked what happened to Shogo. She's like, oh, he retired. And then he's like, yeah, he was pretty unfit. And then, mm. like, I'll take us up next to the line. And he gets t- to the office, sits in the chair, and says, this is the governor's chair. No, my chair now. And then he he asks what the schedule is, which implies that he was, like, actually going to try. Right. <laughs> and then he's just, like, told, party at one, party at two, two party, party at three. three. Like, he's Aaron Carter yeah. or some shit. And he asks, is that the governor's job? She's like, yes. And he's like, man, that dude didn't even drink, did he? He slaps that desk, says, leave it to me. Yeah, he decides that that's the only reason he got the job is because he could drink and the other guy couldn't. And he just gets drowned in ladies again. And then, uh, who wants to talk about the hotcake speech? Oh, God, I don't even know if I wrote a note down for that. (laughs) (laughs) Which seems weird, because you think I would want to remember that, but... Yeah, I'm with you, though. I feel like I remember it, but on the other hand, once he got to the end, I was so full of what the fuck that I don't know if I can accurately portray it. We see, like, TVs around the city, like a limo, like, the TV's on, like, a, like, display window. And they're all, like, playing, like, um, the now-not-governor, who's saying, the first hotcakes were made by a small English farming family in 1632. The family had no mother, so the father poured his his love into making hotcakes for his children. Everyone, all the citizens of Tokyo, I have made hotcakes for all of you. I want to exhaust myself for every single one of you. That's the part that made me go, wait. I want to pour my love out for all of you. The second part that made me go, wait. And we see like a foggy shot of Tokyo Tower. And he's like, I declare Tokyo an independent nation. Declare myself the first emperor of the nation of Tokyo. <laughs> and just, I guess only Aryan. I'm mean, like, you can't do that. And then we see a checkpoint where this dude gets stopped from coming home, like from coming home to his family. And there's no entry, no exit. Like, it's fucking, um... Kurt Russell, what's that movie? Like, Escape from New York. Yeah, like that. Yeah. It just works. He takes over. There's really not that much pushback from anyone or the rest of the country. (laughs) Apologies, I had to just go get the door. No, but you're right, though. It was surprisingly easy. Like, he didn't get a whole lot of resistance in his takeover there. Nope. A pretty simple coup, I guess. Um, And... (laughs) Um, so the Psyduck crew tries to stop him, but then he's like, take care of it. And like his one dude comes out and like his one dude is like the most generic monster design we've seen. It's just like, oh, like, oh, like I have cool mufflers mm-hmm. and like bullets. And uh, Kira's too busy partying to hear the call for help. So then um, we see that Arena has some like pickled plum. She like puts one into uh, the like a. Uh, Mouth of Hayabi, and he transforms to the Blader. There's a, honestly <laughs> one of the best fights of the series on like a car carrier. Yeah. 
mm-hmm. hanging off it. Um, but then he hears a young woman scream. He's like, ah, I must help her. And it's another cockroach. <laughs> of course. And then like um, she's fighting, like calls for him like more. And he's like, ah, can't you use one of those pickle plums? And then he's like, oh, no, he ran off. She's like, OK, I'll be right there. And then instead, his like door gets like cell laser closed. He's like, what? He's trapped. That's the end of the episode. Yeah. I mean, it's probably for the best, though, because he's like clearly drunk when he finally does answer her call. So he he probably should have just rested a little bit longer before he went out and tried to fight anybody. Yeah, he's been exhausted by the woman and the drink. And he's just like, oh, man, he was going to come. He was like right there ready. He was like, OK, like, I'll go help. He was going to stumble his way out. And I love how um 38 um held the emperor or the man who held emperor um starts as like a super serious show of like a narrator being like last time could you believe it (laughs) (laughs) what do you think of the fact like this show treated this like whole two arcs like fairly seriously kind of yeah 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 and i think that's what made kind of how silly it started to go even more funny was the fact that it did have this very serious tone to it so to me i ended up probably laughing more than was intended but i appreciated it i don't know if it was like the best of the show but like it was very much just like huh like yeah it urged this a little bit um but no um so airy self-destructs her cg pen in the like arm cannon of the like dark side and that's pretty oh cool. man yeah that yeah. that was pretty neat Karaya like shows up on the TV in the room where Akira is like he's Jigsaw. Like, are you a good spirits? You can live here forever. The rent is free. You'll have food. You could even keep being a detective. Um, and then Akira just lasers the bars open. But okay, yes. hang on. No, hang on. You can't just say he just lasers the bar open. Their fucking <laughs> CG pen had a fucking laser that could cut through steel, mm-hmm. and they just didn't use that all the time. There were a lot of instances where that would have come in handy. Uh, We've yeah. seen them use it a lot, but <clears throat> not to not to cut through like steel beams. So it's hot. It's hotter than jet fuel. I right, was about to say, course. I think we just figured out 9-11. Good job, guys. Oh, my God. Dark that would be 9-11. That's right. <laughs> we figured it out. Ends here, folks. Uh, Man. Um, If you don't hear from us again, the government got us. I mean, maybe. Yeah. But- They'll have to extradite me. <laughs> oh, that's I just, true. Everybody go hole up at David's house for a couple days. So let's talk about what can the siege pen do? It can be a pen, maybe. We don't know. Um, it could be like a walkie-talkie. It could call the super light nights. It can record your voice. Mm-hmm. It can be a laser. It can call your girlfriends. <laughs> yeah. Apparently has a direct link to the hospital and the nunnery. So important thing. Is there like a point where they use it like as like a grappling hook or am I forgetting? Is that not right? I think you confused it with Batman. I mean, that might have happened. Who fucking knows? It might have. Yeah, honestly, I, I was saying that to just be an ass, but it might have. And I've just forgotten. And I would love a crappy like 1996 walkie talkie CG pen that only works five feet. I would love that. I'm sure it exists. Right? I mean, I'm sure it still exists. You can probably find that on Amazon somewhere. Yeah, probably. 
they do avoid doing things that would take too much um money for a lot of the show david to your point mm-hmm. <laughs> which you know i think the show is definitely an accomplishment because i feel like they maybe if not until the end got the like adversity definitely didn't get the support of a like larger show or like a more Cabo show i guess you know yeah yeah but i mean as i've said before several times it's kind of a wild show so it might have been maybe a little bit ahead of its time in the way that its humor kind of spun out i mean is it still ahead of its time now like if it came out now would it be beloved i think so i'd like to think so but i also think that we have a little bit more of a um sense for the absurd maybe now than we did in the 90s mm. like it it almost seemed like a much more emo serious time than now where you know people literally joke about death every day on reddit so we've kind of gotten to a point where nothing is sacred anymore there's this like maybe like 2009 would have been the perfect time for it it'll be like oh people aren't quite like talking too much about multiverses but like it's also like there's an audience for weird stuff like that yeah like, maybe know, so know. yeah but no um let's get back to the episode though Chageron gets stopped by the Chageron schoolgirl fan club he's like oh yeah this is great like i'll totally be interviewed he immediately gets snowed by women again which is kind of a running theme yeah no uh he is weak to the wiles of women as we like see him say later but he just hangs out and is like i'll be interviewed and then like we hit to munkata who just looks at the camera and he has so many great reaction shots that's the episode mm-hmm. like, oh, what <laughs> and they're in the crystal palace hearing the news <sighs> yeah David. this episode is fucking weird mm-hmm. yeah, like I, I i do like though that in this episode fucking akira does have like a a fraction of like a character arc is we, have we got to the have we got to the part where the high school girl showed up? That just happened, yeah. Okay, that fucking picture made me laugh so goddamn hard. Yes, but like, okay, he he's like escaping from them, and he goes down the the fucking stairs, and he meets like the sexy secretary lady, and man, she's good looking. Damn. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's he's just like, not today, lady, not today. <laughs> <laughs> he like has to like do an internal check themselves to be like huh maybe i should make sure i'm not being like manipulated by the feminine wiles of women yeah like he finally learns at the very last minute i need to i need to consider this carefully i can't be fooled by a like woman's color again which is true it probably helps yeah. he, like you just had like it only took him 38 episodes to- and a hundred women <laughs> yeah mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> And then he, like, does a sick Mission Impossible role under a closing gate. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And, like, he's so shocked at all this stuff. But, like, while that happens, that's when um, we see Karaya talk to this scientist who's like, we can combine human and dark side DNA to create the ultimate life form. Right. He's like, oh, eugenics, fun. Yeah. Yes. And then he's like, (laughs) this scientist, great. He's like, with his intelligent flesh, He'll be godlike, but like I love how it's like, yep, let's kill all the dumb people. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I and I think it's funny that we all had that same reaction. Oh, eugenics! That's what we're doing now. Yeah, <laughs> I mean Not, that is what it is. It uh, is. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's just I think it's funny <clears throat> that I wasn't more surprised. 
I honestly, like, when that storyline came up, I was like, okay, yeah. Yeah, that fits. The moment where, like, his, like, assistant lady, like, taps three people and takes them to, like, a red corridor and then they just get alarmed, which is like, oh, Ugh, shit. Yeah. The, yeah. the, by the, uh, fucking motorbike exhaust monster. Yeah. Ugh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's cool looking. I like that design. That design is awesome. We also see that the kid that was, like, less enthused about the presence at first is talking to this one kid who's like no the emperor is great and then the one kid's like no but my dad's like, no the emperor is great and then like the kid who's like super like gung-ho sees his dad in like a karate class basically yep. and he like mm-hmm. gets alarmed because he's not good enough mm-hmm. just incredible because it's just like um the team meets back up and like they um They've just got this kid who's catatonic mm-hmm. and he's just like yep. in this wheelchair this whole yeah. time. And then um on TV, like they mention, hey guys, we're gonna do eugenics. hmm <laughs> Just casually. It's just casual part of the evening. And like you started by saying, I'm gonna make people decide to join my to like follow me by presence. And then I'm gonna one week later go to eugenics. That's a pretty big shift. Yeah. A pretty quick one. I those usually take longer um but akira goes to stop karai and is like huh i've like here to kick your ass like it's too late tokyo vlogs to me now and then tomorrow's my coronation then that's when akira says wrong tomorrow's your funeral Funeral. yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah put sunglasses on um and then they like perpendicular like run past some red flags and fist fight for a minute and like Mm -hmm. he punches him while transforming it's great but they're stopped because <laughs> here's airy with the the wheelchair kid the catatonic kid in the wheelchair it's <laughs> running in because that's a normal thing to do bring a kid who's already catatonic onto a battlefield that's that's a great idea just all around and she says think of the children and he says don't make me laugh he says fuck them kids fuck kids hate them <laughs> it's not my fault that child spirit is weak <laughs> Oh man. Um and then like his lip gets dabbed by Aries handkerchief, and then like he keeps it, but then like she says goodbye. Final goodbye. Um and then we get the most incredible I think this is honestly the biggest fuck you that, that this whole show did, which was the child wakes up, mm-hmm. goes to the street, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. f- finds a crying other child. They like get in the back of this like Arby van after talking about like their parents being killed. And then like a box of grenades and a gigantic silver pistol gets overturned. Yep. <laughs> and just that comes back a little later because like, it's like, oh, it's coronation day, coronation day, huge crowd. And there's just like news lady that for a second I thought was Ruby because she looks like her a lot. But they're like, mm-hmm. he has gallant features. And then like his limo driver is like, maybe Changeron will show up. And he's like, yeah, he'll come. And then, like, Munkata says, I bet that kid's with Shogo, with no with no reason, just like, make sure you go kill him. Here's one more yeah. reason. I'm gonna lie to you. The team gets, like, blocked by this army truck. It's the hot lady. It's the, like, one, like, motorcycle monster. And then they just, like, team up, and they have to call in and have, like, the boys fight Blader and Changeron together. Mm-hmm. And then... Um, Garai is getting ready to be coronated. He's walking out the steps. He's like, do 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 do, walking out the steps. 
let's talk about what happens here. Did anybody have this on their bingo card? Definitely Absolutely not. not. No. Uh, so we hear a gunshot. <laughs> and it hits Gariah right in the chest. Just a big squib, just blood everywhere. He looks around. His army looks around. There's a bunch of dudes. And there's this child. And he's like, give me my papa back. <laughs> and this gun is huge. It like I can't tell if it's like a real design or like a fake design just because it's like looks so warped in how fucking little his body and hands are. Yeah, it, it maybe it just looks huge because he's small. Mm-hmm. And then a bunch of kids show up, and like my first thought was like, "Oh, some rocks, maybe some anti cowboy eggs." No, nope. then nope, full on fucking hand grenades. Yep. And then it blow up the army. They came out like the fucking Russian army. It was incredible, and all of them with these dead serious looks on their faces, which just made it even funnier. Karai is like going into the woods after the kids, and is like starting to transform but then like he's startled when the kid says i'm not afraid and then he like looks proud of the kid and is like shoot me once more to prove you aren't scared shoot me do right. it do it do it and this kid is so cold-blooded and shoots him like two more times he's metal as fuck man <laughs> he's my fucking hero he's amazing I just love it because like the other kids start throwing their grenades, but it's like toku grenades. So it's like he's like jerking around, just like run around. This kid just empties the clip inside of him without a thought, too. Just the way he's walking, and like he just walks into the water. The kid's following him. He says, "Did you know the world's first emperor?" But then he fails and lurches forward, like trying not to fall into the water. And then like other like main team has like finish their climactic fight versus his like henchmen and they see the blood trail and they're like what happened and then like he falls in the water and like geese fly the sun hits and it's like oh like here's like this like throne here's like assistant what's happening and his arm is up in the air out of the water holding the kerchief to be continued Mm. (laughs) maybe never maybe never it never gets addressed again (laughs) so this is a this is in a lot of ways, the finale of this show <laughs> spotlight. Yes, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, what do we think at this point? We're like, oh, man, Ga- like, did this arc work for us? Did it? I don't even know what to say about it. Uh, I, I mean, am... it was silly as hell and not what I expected for the end of the show, but oddly fitting, too. Like, I, I wanted to dislike it because it doesn't really wrap anything up, but it when I thought more on it, I was like, I didn't really expect that from this show ever. So, right, like you could have got a very like boilerplate Tokusatsu ending where they have mm-hmm. their climactic duel and then you know he loses and then that's it, right? But right. like, I think I think it's more. Not only is it more funny because it's like absolutely ridiculous, but like that fucking Kuroiwa dies like base basically because of his own hubris he's like ah, i'm invincible like oh you know i got rid of changer on my greatest enemy no one can get me and then he just gets off by a kid with a pistol yeah maybe it's poignant like and like it works as far as like his arc i guess but also like the comedy works because it's like some of the funniest things happening in the show 
are like when it's not being comedy like it's like oh and here's to contrast this whole like arc about like the like first 24 hours of a nation being taken over like a coup right it's like this like dark like other kind of comedy was like oh and here's him jerking because he has toku explosions to deal with as he's assassinated Mm -hmm. i'm glad they chose like this to end and not like the like larger dark side thing but just right man this is hilarious and also like it did work as like a drama beat on its own right because like yeah i could understand if they had written this into the story as like this show was going to continue on for you know 20 more episodes because it was supposed to be 52 episodes and they cut it short at 30 39 so like we would have had you know 15 20 more episodes Mm -hmm. like i bet it's supposed to be like episode 49 and then like Xandar's episode 51 or something you know, right like yeah something like right. that right because like we don't know what the well i yeah we don't really know what the fuck happens to Xandar, but and i do like though that um this kind of felt like going back to like the like drawing board as far as like the like big poster in like the like detective agency is like of la grand blue it's like the story of two men who are like reaching for something and like killing themselves in the process and like will they pull back it's like oh here's one person like let's let's like make sure we like show this person doing that as we meant to like this like core reference we were making Uh even if it kind of hasn't shown up much in like in like how we've like written this ending you know right man Raya, just what a (laughs) i think it's weird that the show also tried also this is one character where all the drama is real for him and it's not as much comedy after <laughs> his first episode he like got so mad he read the encyclopedia let's talk about the end of changer on though oh Ugh. boy um would you like to grab this one david because i can if you want uh i mean i have some notes but okay, it, like I'll... this okay this last episode yeah. is fucking bonk like wild it is the it is the most wild weird episode of this entire series and maybe for good reason right over the times a spaceship is over tokyo making king Ghidorah noises as it yep. destroys mm-hmm. the city and mukata is like i'm serious psyduck move out don't die and which, the, which is yeah. weird because like it's it's akira and hayami and eri dressed up in like like soldier uniforms like they're going to go fight the fucking terminator mm-hmm. and you're like okay wait what like what has happened between last episode and this episode that like this is you know like where the aliens come from what the fuck is going on uh-huh like super 80s like blue like tracksuit kind of stuff right too. like they're material. yeah it's like it's like fucking um they look like un peacekeepers <laughs> That's a strangely apt description. <laughs> Man, this show is committed to saying, hey, fuck the fans. <laughs> fuck the critics. Fuck yeah. the t- like whole station. Fuck any kind of commentary. Just, yeah. Right. With the, no, no, uh, no sense of consequence. <laughs> Maybe not the fans, but, you know, uh, still. Um, Really quick, uh, here is uh, the uh, 1995 Metal Hero show, uh, Blue SWAT, that was airing the year before. Interesting. I think I see the inspiration for okay, yeah, uh huh, yeah. uh-huh. <laughs> okay, uh, for some parody. Um, 
I like that it's a Toku series where they just have their hands exposed. That's kind of fun. Um, <laughs> but no, um, here is though where um, a large change is that uh, uh, Kira is very serious. He's like, we're the immortal Psyduck. And then a bunch of people die. There's like weird B-roll in this like close set. And there's like a bunch of the like random B-roll is clearly from different movies and settings and mm-hmm. stuff. Definitely. Like always exploding. It's it's just weird. He holds this dead man and says, hang on, a sad music plays. And you're like, Damn, one more priceless life. Damn you, dark side. <laughs> uh, but then he wakes up. Or does he go to sleep? Who knows? Oh, but um, he is chastised by Hayami, who says, um, "What are you doing?" There's a case. There's like no cases. It's like, oh, like what's this bad dream? Did like a like girl fall in love with you? And then um, <laughs> he describes his dream, and Hayami says, "Ah, that's a good dream that I have where you're more serious." And then like that's the um, also like young Gons is there to be like, yeah. If you would like, you could quit being a private detective and become an official member of Psydoc. Which, great. He immediately um, rails against to like, yeah, no thanks. <laughs> it's so much cooler for me to be a detective. True. It is true. Yeah. He has so many girlfriends. You can't fault his methods besides his <coughs> debt. It's true. Which we find out is what, like, um, 10 million and 2 yen? Yes, ten yeah. million, he owes 10 million and 2 yen to the bank. Which has still not been resolved. That's like what, like a hundred thirty thousand dollars? Um, hundred thousand dollars? No. Uh, hang on. I'll tell you right now. I'll look it up. JPY to USD. It was ten million. Yeah, ten million and two. Uh, right now it would be seventy four thousand dollars. Okay. It's a pretty good chunk yep. of change. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Um. And like throw in 1996, I'm sure there's some amount of inflation, right? Um, but no, yeah. But he is in a lot of debt for a private detective, I guess. Um, and then um, <laughs> he gets a like case, which is the same old lady who her dog has ran away 16 times now. And then he's back asleep though in the dream. And then in the dream, in the more serious world, he wakes up from being in the hospital he's like oh like i had a dream where i was an irresponsible private detective with fondness <laughs> for women even though we're fighting dark side it was fun and then like hayami says oh in my dream i see you being irresponsible you're too responsible now i wish you would smile <laughs> yeah it's a those uh scenes between them in this last last episode are strangely intimate um mm-hmm. So I I very much feel like they were poking fun at the audience in that respect. They could totally do like a changer on reunion where like they do the thing in like the second Knives Out movie where like the door gets answers like some dude that his boyfriend is like, oh, they're living together and they're like aprons and stuff. <laughs> you know, it, they probably could just have so much fun with this series if they ever rebooted it. How did like how did they not make a like manga about a guy who has a special pen that he calls in girlfriends from different fields to solve his problems? Oh, I'm sure that <laughs> fucking exists. Right? Meanwhile, he's like spending most of his time with his male sidekick. If you took all the toku from the series, like, oh, and here's this like thief or this 
detective in every episode is like, oh no, like ah, uh, uh, there's a giant cow about to attack us. It's okay. Here's my milkmaid girlfriend. Oh, here's <laughs> my pro golfer girlfriend. You know that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. It is. It is a pretty fun concept. It could have had a lot more playroom with it. If you added something like, and here's my stern mentor who interviews all my girlfriends at the end of every issue. <laughs> Why do you like this guy? Seriously. But then Zaphire appears and the dark side detector in the CG pen goes off and Mukata is mortally wounded. He says, run in the normal changer on. Hayami wakes him up and says, you should be searching for that dog. And Akira says, woof, woof. And then there's just like one more that off camera. And he's like, ah, don't bite me. <laughs> but no, um, he's talking more about this dream and they drive and the bankers are there and they're like, please, we have to commit family suicide if you don't help us. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, you know what? Some things might not be joked about in a modern series, but this is very funny. It, yeah, definitely. Especially from them, because I kind of was waiting for them to say that most of this series. So it, this is a good payoff, I thought. And then we're back to the dream, though, as the team laments Bunkata and they're hiding from Sapphire. And then boys talk about how they know I was in hospital, though. Could there be a spy? And then Ares like, ha 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 ha. And she transforms into every 90s Super Sentai like female yep, villain. We're yep, like, yep. Mm-hmm. yeah. The dudes are monsters and the ladies are in bikinis. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, her actress had to have loved this fucking episode. Oh, yeah. A lot of this cast didn't do much afterwards, but this show must have been must be great to show people like here's me in this show. Um, her, her chest piece is like so like weird, dark demon that she can't even like walk without like walking like tits out. Like, it's like that. <laughs> mm-hmm. How big it is. So, yeah. Um. She is the final leader of Darkseid, though. Turns out. And um, in the normal show, she's so perplexed. Like, I'm the bad guy? And I was like, yeah, like, I have such bad dreams. And, like, the bankers find the dog. It turns out the Blues Brothers have it. Yeah, I was excited to see them pop up again, too. I could see, like, the version of, like, some special stars of, like, the Bruce Brothers about to, like, rob a house. And then, like, just like, oh, you live here kind of thing. And like, I just, like want this whole cast back honestly like now just do it now yeah yeah for sure but when they see that it is uh the um main cast they're like oh we'll stop but they put this dog down because they're not going to be first class sectors <laughs> they immediately give up and then we commercial break back into the more serious world as they're talking about like oh wouldn't it be nice if like dark side hadn't destroyed most of the world and everything it's like oh yeah and they talk about how their use has been spent being soldiers and not going on dates and not being serious. And I was like, yep. are they about to kiss? I dude, yeah. I, dude, honestly, I was like, oh, here we, here it goes. Here it is. Finally. Yeah, finally. <laughs> You're my only friend. And honestly, if they, they were like, episode 39, we got canceled. You're kissing. It, it, you know, it would have been a really, really final fuck you. <laughs> it would have been great. Yeah. I think if they come back, they would have to at least joke about it. But yeah, um, they get bombed out of their cave, though. But then they find the same little wiener dog by some barrels by a like river. That little dog's just all over the place. Um, And then in the real world, Kiriko, the girl who scammed Hayabi is there and like feeds the dog her lunch. And they show up and he's like, 
I'm furiously impressed with you. Good job. And then she helps them search some more because I guess she's a big character to come back. Like I was surprised it was her. But Me sure, too, really. Yeah, I was I was kind of surprised she came back at all. I was like, oh hey, like she was in a episode. Yeah, like towards the end, like they had the Blues Brothers in as many episodes as they could, like four or five episodes. Right. Mm-hmm. They were like, who can we afford? Oh yeah, these two. They're important characters. <laughs> For our changer on actual play, we have to have uh, that playbook, I think, for them. I, I absolutely insist on being that or both of those characters. In the dream world, though, they are tactile holding the dog. And then they um, the dog down and transform and fight together. And, like, they kill Zaphire, but Hayami gets hit and Akira's suit gets blown up. Like, a, like, mannequin of changer on gets, like, torn to pieces, like, like his arm is destroyed or something. <laughs> they like hit it with like a, a wire guided rocket. Yeah. Yeah. Which is bad. Fuck you guys. Let's let's destroy this suit. <laughs> Why not? We're going to make sure there's nothing left for you to sell. <laughs> that would be so funny if that was why there wasn't like a new like version. It's like, yeah, we get like $5,000. You remember how you fucked it up on episode 39? Yeah, there's no coming back from that. I think though that like. <laughs> Like, Toei loves this fucking dude. They would totally, if he asked, make it, like, one episode, like, web series, or, like, a weird movie. They'll put anything in movies. That, like, just like, oh. I'd be down for a weird movie of this series. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? Um, Might as well, right? Right. In the real world, Akira makes fun of him for getting stabbed and dying, though, and I mean, he's like, oh, I died? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then he gets real deep, and he's like, what if that was a real? This was a dream. That would be terrible. Yeah, like what if? What if the? What if what we're imagining now is a dream, but the thing that I'm dreaming about is actually real? It's just like this. It's like twenty years before fucking Inception. Yeah, the dog was basically there, like totem. Like this dog is between all the dreams. Right, like, right, right. It's, it's the one constant thing. And then the bankers say they found the dog, and then there's a kindergarten teacher. It's a cabbie. She's like, hi. She, she says, hey, idiot. He's over there. He's like, oh, over there. That's my ex-assistant. <laughs> and they get their guns out. Mm-hmm. Such a weird line to throw in there. Like, no, we know. Nobody came in on the last episode, guy. <laughs> From episode one, it's the same industrial building that they go in. She's wearing like a leather jacket and hot pants. Of course. And they like get their guns out and they breach and they look for pee and then a barrel falls over and they fire a net at this dog. Don't make it a 17th time, kid. And we've come full circle on rescuing that goddamn dog. And then Hayami shows up and says, it's dark side here. says, don't worry, I could win. And then in the dream, he's being hunted down. He comes out when they call him at the coward puts down that wiener dog and says, don't worry, we'll meet again soon. <laughs> And all the spaceships come down and hit him as he transforms. And then Changer on hits and it fades to the ending song as scenes from the show play. Mm-hmm. And the very last shot is the boys together from a couple episodes back. There's just so much to talk about in these last five episodes. Like, we just had to talk about the details and summaries because they were just like, what? And just, damn. Yeah, and yep. even as much as we said about it, it doesn't do it any justice. Like, you have to watch it. We're not exaggerating anything for a fact. This show really is this ridiculously crazy. 
it makes me want to look at the parody Super Sentai show, which I don't think is as good as this show or like as funny, but it is definitely like a show that had a beginning, middle and end plotted out. Mm. And it's kind of like playing in these same tropes. Um, but damn, just this isn't a parody. This is just a like loving like tribute right. and, like comedy show. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> like it does not hate Toku. It hates the studio at times. Definitely. Mm. It hates the online fans, quote unquote, at times. Were there any episodes of this like last chunk where you wish you'd just somehow been watching live as a as a child or something? God, I couldn't even imagine watching this show live and being like seeing this shit happen week to week. And then especially coming to like these last episodes and they have it just be like the weirdest shit ever. Yeah, just I like, think if I'd okay. been watching it live and I went from 38 to 39 and then the series ended there, like when I was younger, I probably would have been infuriated because that was like, it would be confusing to have all of that broken up by a week, I think. But being able to watch it all at once, you can kind of just appreciate that it's just silly all around. I would really be curious because I'm sure so much of it is just like in Japanese, like old live journals, like what the fan reaction, like what like the fan fiction like aftermath of the show was to kind of like make sense of some of this stuff right yeah like who knows honestly because like right like <laughs> this is just a beautiful thing that like wasn't meant to happen and did yeah and literally like if you are a big fan of like toku shows are also like the like what people call like the best era of like Pop and rider which is like the like early 2000s they're kind of just like slightly more serious. Okay, more serious, not slightly, but more serious change rods. <laughs> so it definitely did something right. Like it inspired things after it. Right. Someone and, somewhere yeah. liked it, right? It's kind of like how um, I forget if it was the Velvet Underground or the Sex Pizzles, but like they only like sold like 10,000 albums, but everybody who bought one like they started their own band kind of thing it was like oh like only so many people like changer on but everybody who did tried to make their own show does mm-hmm. that make sense yeah, 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 yeah that makes sense and yeah um just <laughs> the audacity of like let's make this kid show and have a bunch of episodes that are just like themed off of like f- french new wave cinema let's do that oh <laughs> uh, let's have a child assassinate a eugenicist it's uh, i really like not that just a eugenicist the, like the the fucking story is basically main antagonist right right yeah this show definitely like reads so much better now that we're not just saying like oh why aren't you acting like a hero you know like like the like super 90s or like mm-hmm. right right 80s. right because also like a big thing that like i kept saying about like shows like kiva and like dendo that like i think maybe like change around help start was Every series of like Common Rider just becomes, hey, let's have somebody who's like othered or weird or like not a traditional hero in some way. Right. And like also, it, <laughs> um, that's probably part of the reason I'm like a fan of Toku because like a half the reason I like got into like that era of like Common Rider was like all the dudes were like homeless or functionally homeless weirdos. You know? <laughs> like I think like Comrade Kabuto is the first um dude who like isn't homeless or living off like the 
like goodwill somebody in like Hobbit Rider. I think. Yes. <laughs> At least in, like the modern like Heisei Kamen Rider era. Yeah. Um, what are some closing thoughts on um this show though? Like uh, what should people know about this show or like watching it? It's so hard to kind of pin this show down, right? Because yeah, while it's a tokusatsu show, I think like oh at least me personally, like I went in thinking this was going to be like some, you know, kind of like off brand common writer off brand Ultraman. Cause it seemed like it had that kind of mm-hmm. um thing, but then it was such a, such a joy to like, you know, you get that the very first episode in and it's like, this is like, you're like, I don't know. Is this a comedy or not? Maybe mm-hmm. like, it's kind of goofy, but as it goes on more and more and you get to know more and more about the characters and it just it's consistently funny from start to finish like i think i laughed in every episode at least once and sometimes uncontrollably because Mm -hmm. it's just so funny and it's so unlike other tokusatsu shows like kamen rider or sentai where Mm -hmm. yeah maybe they will have like it's it's so weird okay going back to like something like deno right deno has like funny parts but they are no they're not even in the same fucking universe as the comedy in this show Hmm. like not even close whereas i feel like the comedy in deno was like haha that's kind of wacky like oh it's weird like it's it's very like situational very like you know run-of-the-mill japanese comedy where this was allowed to be whatever the hell it wanted to be and i think that pays in dividends because it's just so much funnier than anything else that i've ever watched from the same genre mm-hmm. and also like there's plenty of shows that you watch like in like any genre where like a joke happens and you're like oh yeah that's funny yeah you're right 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 yeah yeah like simultaneously the toku parts are weak and like not what you're there for but also they're why it works and like why it's so funny i think it's like so weird how it's like here's this like weird like like it is a toku show and it wouldn't work without it but also just Mm -hmm. it's also like almost never in those moments where it's like at its best if that makes sense just like it like it's like the like it's like a complimentary like flavor almost you know yeah yeah i think that's a really good assessment I definitely want to like close the like loop and like see like oh like what are the other shows that like this guy's like written because like there's like one coming up like our like next show um show Geki Goregon um and then there's like Don Brothers and like there's like Fives but um just <laughs> what is like gonna be similar like I was um last week actually I was like watching um um for Jetman, which is the first Toku show that he worked on. And um there was a moment where like they were like losing a fight versus like special like robot monster and they just like made one of their mechs get in the beam of one of their other mechs for like a new finisher. It was like, oh, that's just a shiny attack like five <laughs> years earlier. Like what is like gonna be the same in this next show? Like what's like the themes or like what's like the like motifs? Or will there be none, you know? Right. Yeah, it'll be interesting to compare for sure. But no, um, Steph, who yes. are your top three favorite characters this time? 
Ooh, uh, definitely Ari when she goes into supervillain mode because sorry, can't help it. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh gosh, why does his name slip my mind? The uh, the governor and the emperor. Shogo. Shogo, yes. Um, I really liked that he showed kind of like a little bit of the softness you caught glimpses of throughout the whole thing the way that like he just let the kids take him out like he was strong enough he could have transformed and like just wiped them out but he just decided to go with it and (laughs) i really liked that can Um, you imagine if he'd killed all those kids i mean it would have like definitely cemented him in villain status but I think that that was what was so much fun about his character was up until that point, he had been like really cold and ruthless as to what he was doing. But in that moment, like when he was surrounded by the literal consequences of his actions, he just decided to give up the fight. And I thought that was really cool for his character. I also like how he's like, oh, I was wrong because you aren't weak. You have the strength. Exactly. I was wrong about people. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was him showing that kind of like strangely human side that Ari had mentioned a couple of times um man final one that's tough probably Hayomi just getting to see him um not only play like the goofy sidekick for Akira this entire time but um you know playing that little bit more serious role for the 39th episode even though it was just silly all around and kind of soap operatic it, I, I thought that his character and that was pretty neat too so david who are your top three for this last little arc fuck oh god this is so hard um number three i'm probably also gonna have to go airy when she she transforms um God, this is so tough. Like, Shogo doesn't get much play. He's kind of like there. Young Guns is also kind of like there. So I'll probably have to go Hayami and then Akira as the number one. Akira just, he he's such a good character. He's just a fun character to watch do stuff. It's so hard to have, like, your main character not be the straight man or like boring like right it's almost like a like joke of like oh and the main character sucks in like a lot of shows like it's not a problem that togu has as bad as some other shows or like genres but it's definitely like man you're like big (laughs) like chaos demon is your main character right if i was being uh completely memed out i would definitely say young gonza but no he just like pound for pound great but he is not top three here I will say that number three, this is hard because the main three all just rock here. Um, mm-hmm. A special shout out to that sci-fi author too, who is just like, change her on. He's super light warrior, change her on. Uh, but I'm going to have to keep the order actually, because it is airy. She's great. She's just a really like, she's kind of like, like straight character here. Um, she like gets that like chance to like vamp out which is fun Hayami is just great and like I love like uh, when he becomes the like blader and he eats like a plum says sour and then he passes out <laughs> yes. gets a bylighter comes back Um, and just I can't believe this show is <laughs> here's this guy summoning a horde of women to fight his battles for him 
So a special question, Steph, um, for you. Uh, you mentioned with Ari, but uh, who were your uh, top three ladies for ladies in Changer on? Oh, man, that's a curveball. Um, the uh, definitely number one is, and this was early in the season, but the uh, the uh, dark side that had the spider lady. Yes, thank you. Jeez, <laughs> I was trying to remember the specific scenes, and I was like getting them mixed up with other ones. Um, but yeah, definitely her. Um, uh, Jiro. Yes, um, and of course, Aerie. Um, who's the third one? Man, that's up. Would Zaphire like rate for you? Definitely, yeah, Zaphire. I really enjoyed her character, and especially when she got to come back and was even weirder than her first couple of appearances. So, yeah, definitely. <laughs> what was everyone's favorite Toku moment of these last five episodes? Oh, I know mine for sure. Well, I don't even know if it's a Toku moment; it's just like a special effects moment. Yeah, yeah. Is I, I is know. when they fucking blow up the changer on suit with the fucking rocket, you know, on the string. <laughs> It's great. It's just like I didn't expect to because like it hits the suit and then like you know Akira gets like tossed down the hill or whatever. But like there's like that fraction of the second before they cut where you can see they they literally blew that fucking suit up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's incredible. <laughs> uh, Steph, uh, it, mine is 100 percent all of those kids throwing grenades at the same time because I was not <laughs> expecting that to fucking happen. So just seeing these tiny little kids throw these grenades and knock out an entire army, oh yeah, that that did it for me. I I was laughing so hard I almost cried. Those anti eugenics grenades. <laughs> yes, it was just incredible, and the the determined looks on all their little faces uh, was such a good scene. I would love to like see one of those kids' parents like watching the show. Big, wait, what? This is about. <laughs> is it, what did I sign up for here? Super light changer man is about this. <laughs> I will give a shout out to the car carrier fight scene where it just like was a legit fight scene on the road for a minute. Yes. Um, but also, I really do like just um, this isn't actually toku but have they kept doing the blader like thing whenever he transformed like the like they kept doing his voiceover too right but um so david for you um my question is um what was your favorite dumb joke they spent too long building up to in changer on oh god um oh okay i know this one's easy because this one immediately came to mind it's that stupid fucking joke the uh where uh, akira's it gets put in prison by shogo <laughs> and they feed him like fucking cat food and he comes out like a cat and then the joke is just him going Nyandate. like it's like a 10 minute fucking gag for a stupid <laughs> pun and i can appreciate the dedication yeah that is oh that's a good one um what was everyone's favorite outfits for this uh, last arc, this last set episode? I mean, okay, like this is number one with a bullet. It's it's airy as like evil airy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. How could it not be? Um, Shogu when he's all dressed up as emperor and like has the fancy gloves on and everything. I liked that look for him. Oh, that mm-hmm. one's good too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, 
Queen Eliza is her name, apparently. Which yeah, Eriza. Oh, okay. Ariza. That makes sense. Oh, uh, just, hmm. All right, what's not part of that? Um, I'll give a shout out to when Akira comes back from traveling the world and he's like in like weird, like Aladdin pants and a vest. <laughs> and he's got those flags all over his back. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was good too, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, um, that is super light changer man, like henshin changer on, I think. Something about a double changer on, I thought. Yeah. <laughs> In two weeks, we'll be back with um, the first four episodes of Shogeki Huraigan, the uh, 2013 series. Um, and then that'll be just a slightly smaller uh, chunk after that, because only 13 episodes. Um, and then there is um, next week for uh, the OG club of uh, me and Cupstick Senpai. We are looking at um, Kamurda Geats 2223, um, and then 46 of both Kamurda Build and Crimson Tide Jetman. And uh, we had some questions this time that I felt wouldn't quite fit with like the just ending chaos of this show. Um, <laughs> so we will come back to you and your retort. Um, if you had one, for example, because uh, your dad had big balls. Uh, well, oh, come on. You can read it this time. Why not? <laughs> you can't leave uh senior junior big balls out in the cold like that yeah okay oh uh, shit um dear comrade to me book club hi last time you seemed to think that i was being down on people for <laughs> enjoying children's media which is kind of a weird start but okay um <laughs> i was trying to say that precure would not be good for for you to cover because you seem to like more mature media like Shageron and Comet Rider. <laughs> Shageron is mature media. I was about to say, cue David going, how dare anyone accuse me of liking mature media? There are some good non-Japanese toku shows like Bima Garuda, uh, which I think uh, we looked at uh, uh, the art for that last time. But like, I would just um, like to send you like more information on shows like that uh there is um a link there but just let us know if there's like a good why on one of these shows but mm. no um <laughs> <laughs> we did also get a retort to this person though uh like not to this but like to last time mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um shit uh what was their name um okay uh el hijo de slim penis Ass. Hey guys, not my usual name, but like I thought, if the if the condom fits, wear it. Okay, whatever. <laughs> oh. I like that life motto. Precure is pretty fucking cool. It has a like lot of great seasons, and like as much as you like might think it's just shippers that like it, there are like a lot of cool non romantic relationships and plot lines, and um. They linked some essays on Medium, which um, that kind of stuff later, but um, like there too, just like, yeah, just I think that for Precure, maybe um, for stuff, maybe, but also just, you know, I say this stuff is all ages or kids stuff, mm-hmm. inter- like very interchangeably because, you know, it is like it's not trying to be like super. It's not trying to be just for adults, you know? Mm-hmm. 
it is kid inclusive. It has toys. It is for kids. Like so is Marvel, so is DC. It's not worth like worrying about if like certain kids media isn't also for you. Certain right. adult media is also not for you, you know? Right. But I don't like I would probably argue, yeah, maybe Chadron is for adults because of the humor. Yeah. It's got yeah, it's definitely got some themes that would be problematic for a younger audience. But th- that's a rare case, I think. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I feel like it's definitely one that I mean, you probably would enjoy it as a kid, but I don't know that it's got as much uh satisfying action as like maybe a different series would. It's definitely doing some stuff that's just there to like bore the people who are adults to laugh at. Yeah. I don't know if it's like I'm sure kids liked it, like who knows, like, but even stuff like the darker common riders where like people die and there's like some genocide, some mm-hmm. stuff. It's still like best selling kids things, you know? So yeah. who knows what's what. But it also is made for kids, maybe just like less over time, it has gotten more like what we call for kids as far as like American media. So, you know, just not everything you like has to be for adults. Yeah. It's all pretty subjective and, and most of it has to be viewed through the lens of the time period it was made in. So right. That's we true. can argue all day about, you know, what's children's and what's adults media. And, you know, unless people are like actively getting naked in front of the camera, there's it's, you can pretty much draw that distinction a lot of places. Like, half of the stuff in Garo, like, if you got rid of some gore, could have been for kids, you know? That's just, like, media. Definitely, yeah. You know? Like, yep. oh. If it, like, that one episode where the artists made lady statues of Adam yeah. or whatever. If, he, like, it just happened where they weren't nude or, like, it was, like, a little less gory. Or mm-hmm. or you could have just said, like, oh, he turned them to stone or something, right? Like, right, yeah. yeah. Like, that. that's just as bad. If you if you look at it from from that context, like yes, mm-hmm. it's not as quite as hardcore, but like the the effect is still the same. You get the same idea, right? Right. Like how many times like have we seen somebody get turned to like stone in like a kid's movie and like smashed to pieces? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's how is a that a common cartoon trope? Yeah. Like it's just a story. Like and as cool as like some like common writer stuff is where it's like, oh man, this guy's super depressed. He thinks he's gonna like lose all his friends. It's still like you know, it's uh not really that that happens all the time in like Dragon Tales, you know. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, I think that you may have just misrepresented yourself. We don't think that there's anything wrong or mature about liking these shows, but also sometimes things are fine and just not for you. Uh, yeah, and sometimes we make fun of things even if we like them. Yep. And I I like your name. I don't know what, why you chose it, but uh, good. I don't you. either, but I'm here for it. Anyway, um, Steph, where will find you when you're not talking about Kevin? <laughs> Change area, whatever we're talking about now. Change man. Whenever we're not talking about media that could be for either adults or children, you can find me on www.arcademilitia.com or on Instagram at nobody much. And Dave. You can find me at the Tokyo Fresh podcast or on my personal Instagram at Zyrell. Yeah, you could find uh, me on co-host James D, Twitter at James Forge, the podcast um, co-host at Common Ride on Twitter at Common Ride with me. Uh, 
Mastodon, who knows how that works. Um, and then please go to uh, comrebury.com for episodes and articles, slash episodes, links to different platforms, slash merch, links out to our merch. Um, and with all proceeds going to charities like Trans Lifeline, uh, if you want to uh, head out to um, oh, uh, podcast at comrebury.com <laughs> to tell us what shows you don't like. Uh, sure. Um, we also like different questions too. Um, but please follow along with us on our, our uh, next show. It'll be a short watch compared to this even. Um, but for now, I guess, what lessons have we learned from Chaydra? Man. Uh, hmm. Hmm. I'm going to say that if you have a hundred girlfriends, you always have somebody to call when you're in need. Hmm. 99 problems, as they say. Mm-hmm. Sometimes only a good kid with a gun can stop a bad kid with a gun. Um... <laughs> no, mm. is that bad? <laughs> <laughs> you said it, not me. <laughs> How does that rank on, on the worst thing I've ever said list? Uh, I don't know if it's the worst <laughs> thing you've ever said, but... Uh... <laughs> is that good? I- I'm not sure if that's a good thing to hear. Nobody isolate that. Sometimes only uh, the pure heart of a child can be a stone cold killer. Right. There you go. Any last major lessons for you, David? I think that French cinema is underappreciated. No. Um, <laughs> I think that this has taught me that you don't have to take your tokusatsu so damn seriously sometimes it's okay to just be a little goofy yeah, i like it <laughs>